0: Welcome to my Love Life Podcast, episode number 24, Dealing with Fears and Being Afraid. It's January 16th, 2021. I'm your host, Lisa Lundy, author, blogger, YouTuber, motivational speaker, and definitely podcaster. What I do is I help people be well-loved, happy, and healthy, even when life is extremely difficult. As my disclaimer, this podcast does not constitute medical or therapy advice in any way, and my music is by Howie Moscovich. Dealing with fears and being afraid, well, we're full throws into a pandemic that's been dragging on and lots of uncertainty, and clearly fear, anxiety, depression, being afraid is primo and top of the list. But long before we had a pandemic, going even back to say 2018, according to a time.com article, Almost 40% of Americans were more anxious than in the previous year. And even back then, about 18% of the population suffered from an anxiety disorder. So what the medical research tells us is that chronic stress, fear, and anxiety can damage your brain and increase the risk of major psychiatric disorders. So what do fear, anxiety, being afraid, and depression all have in common. They're all emotions. My second podcast was about emotions as a superpower. The issue is that most people don't know how to use their emotions so that they are actually a superpower. Now, I recently also did a podcast about harnessing your emotions, which walks you through kind of the process Of dealing with your emotions so both of those podcasts while they're on emotions they're distinctly different and cover different materials but here's the thing you know you went to elementary school and middle school and high school and whatever school and you learned history and English and language arts and science and all kinds of things that you didn't know you learned new information and through the process You know, you gain new skills and abilities. You know, for those of you who are drivers, you learned at some point how to drive. There's lots of things in life that you have to learn and you have to grow and develop. But where did you get your training on how to deal with your emotions? Well, most people don't get training in how to identify, manage, and process their emotions. And in fact... According to the research, at least as of 2018, medical doctors were not, it was not mandatory for medical doctors to have any kind of training in their emotions. Not only that, it wasn't mandatory for social workers or even PhD candidates in psychology to have that kind of training. So we kind of are born into life, we live life, and we, a lot of us or a lot of people don't have any uh, capabilities of managing their emotions. So this podcast is specifically to help you deal with the emotions of fear, worry, anxiety, and being afraid because it doesn't have to ruin your life and it doesn't have to take you out of the game. So what am I going to be covering today? Today I'm going to be covering a couple little pieces of the framework of fear, worry, and and being afraid. I'm going to talk about the kinds of things that people are worried about, fearful, fearful or anxious about. I'm going to talk about the negative health impacts of fear and anxiety. I'm going to touch lightly on resilience. I'm going to talk about the relationship between emotional intelligence and fear. I'm going to mention something funny, which is the Bob Newhart stop it video, because that always makes me laugh. And I think You should probably watch it. I'm going to give you then finally steps for dealing with fear and becoming resilient. A couple takeaways and then um, my call to action. So I always start my podcast by saying, please go to my website where you can win free stuff. You can also read, well, in a book format, my blog posts equal about 462 pages. And that's almost all of the book is on the website for free. So you can read a book for free. Now, my next point is a disclaimer. So I have, I need you to know that I am not a health professional or therapist in any way, shape or form. I'm not that. I don't pretend to be that. I have a lot of, you know, education in that arena, both schooling and um, experience, but I am none of those things and you need to get your medical advice from a licensed healthcare provider or a licensed therapist. That's just the way that is. Next up, if you are suicidal and you're listening to this podcast, I am begging you please to call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at one 800 273 eight, two, five, five. I am asking you to talk about it. I am asking you to tell people I am asking you to do something because people will help you and, and it, it will make a difference. I promise you. All right. So let's talk about a couple of the pieces of the framework of being fearful or being afraid or worrying. So the definition of fear is this. It is an unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous and likely to cause pain or a threat. Now, worry as a noun is a state of anxiety or uncertainty over actual or potential problems. As a verb, it's to give way to anxiety or an unease or allow one's mind to dwell on difficulty or troubles. And phobia, which falls into this framework piece, is an extreme or irrational fear, irrational fear of or an aversion to something or an irrational fear. And while we're talking about the framework of of worry and fear and anxiety, I think it's very helpful to distinguish between rational and irrational fears. So I'm going to give you the definition of each and then just make a few comments. So rational fears are defined as a reaction about a real or potentially real threat where we have to protect ourselves. Irrational fears are defined as a fear or reaction where there is no direct link or threat to the individual. And why I think this is important is because sometimes people become fearful, anxious, or worried about things that are not rational. And when I work with people and a fear or an anxiety or worry comes up, then we'll usually dig in and I'll say, well, is that a rational fear? Let's talk about that. And sometimes it's rational. and Sometimes it's really not rational. Now, there is some discussion in the research about the distinction between rational and irrational fears. And I'm not going to lay, put myself on either side of the line, except to say (laughs) I I kind of go on the line of there is rational and there definitely is irrational because there's definitely irrational thinking. It's something that some people do. So so I'm going to give you a couple examples. So an example of irrational thinking would be thinking that your life is over because you failed one test. If you failed one test, that does not mean your life is over. Now, there might be a bad consequence. There might be some serious consequences, but it doesn't mean your life is ending. So that would, under the research, qualify as an irrational fear. Another example of an irrational fear would be being afraid of a clown that is at a children's birthday party. So, how about a rational fear? Well, an example of a rational fear from the research is being in a rickety and old and bumpy elevator while you're in it and being afraid that you might get stuck. Now that qualifies as a rational fear because you're in the elevator and it's rickety and it's old and it's maybe groaning or moaning and that that would be a rational fear. Another example of a rational fear would be being worried about losing your home or your car or something while you have not been keeping current with the payments or the bills on the home or the car or what have you because it's rational because you haven't been keeping up, so there's actually a real worry because you haven't been keeping up with the payments. So I think it's helpful to understand that when we have fear, sometimes they're not always rational. Now they're typically more rational in people who are rational thinkers, but we have a certain percentage of the population that engages in irrational behavior and irrational thinking. And so they're more prone to have irrational fears because they're not rational or logical. And my podcast on Psychology terms everyone should know talks a little bit about some of uh, unhealthy and irrational or delusional thinking. All right. So that gives you a little bit of the framework of some of the pieces of worry and fear and and rational, irrational fears. So what are the kinds of things that people worry about? Well, before we had a pandemic, obviously we're in a pandemic. So there's worry and concern and fears about the pandemic. That's a given. But prior to the pandemic or pandemic unrelated to the pandemic, what are the kinds of things that people worry about? Well, there's lots of things people worry about. There are lots of things people are afraid of and they're anxious about. So let's talk about that. Not having enough money, that would be in financial security. Having health issues, being concerned about the security of their employment, being unemployed, Relationships, that would include keeping one, finding one, losing one, repairing one, housing issues, retirement, children, that could be wanting them, not wanting them, having them, not having them, problems with them, etc. Parents and siblings, that could be problems with parents or siblings, taking care of them, all kinds of things. World issues, well, we certainly see that now. Politics, health insurance, transportation, that could be having it, not having it, repairing it, etc. Being worried or fearful about what people think about you. Being worried or fearful about what people are saying about you. Being concerned that you're not good enough, that would be inadequacy concerns. Being uh, worried or fearful about the meaning or purpose of your life or lack thereof being concerned about whether you are loved, about failure, about making friends or making new friends, about being rejected, getting hurt, being betrayed, of divorce, of marriage, of death or dying, of being judged negatively, of change, of losing control, of uncertainty, of the other shoe dropping or something bad happening. And of course, there's FOMO or fear of missing out. So that's 31 or so things that people are fearful of, afraid of, worry about, and have anxiety about. And that's not unreasonable. It's it's reasonable to have fears and worries and concerns. The issue is not having worry, being afraid, being fearful, or anxiety run your life and ruin your life. So I want to touch briefly on the negative health impacts of long-term worrying. Now this is from the research and there's, I've got quite a few listed, but it's not, there are more, there are more. Okay. So number one, it raises blood pressure and that means that increases your risk of heart disease. It depresses your immune system, making you more susceptible to diseases, including cancer. Stress, slash worry or fear, changes your blood chemistry, which, if it's chronic or ongoing or continues, can increase your risk of diabetes. It increases your risk for clinical depression. It impairs the formulation of new fast-growing cells like bone and hair, which over a prolonged period of time can contribute to baldness. It reduces your ability to form new memories and recall other memories. It depresses fertility, causes muscle aches and pains, can cause extreme fatigue, loss of libido, upset stomach, ulcers and acid reflux, breathing problems, irritability, headaches or migraines, panic attacks, irritable bowel syndrome, sleep problems, Worsening of skin conditions like eczema, backaches, anxiety, difficulty concentrating, or making decisions. So those are the negative health impacts of long-term worry, being fearful, afraid, and, and, and anxiety. So the bottom line is this is not something you want to engage in on a regular basis because it's so bad for you. I mean, or you could, you can just keep worrying and being afraid. I'm just not a fan of that. So there's tons of research about the chronic exposure of stress on the brain and how it impacts the body. And if you need more information, you can check that out. I talk about some of the other medical impacts in some of my other podcasts. So the bottom line is being afraid, being fearful, having a lot of anxiety or worry is really, really bad for your health. Not good for your mental health and it's not good for your your physical health. So we're going to talk about the next thing that is good for your health in all ways, which is I'm going to give you a light, very light overview on resilience. So according to uh Courtney Ackerman, uh in a 2019 article titled how to measure resilience with these eight scales which can be found on positivepsychology.com there are 10 components to resilience now i'm not saying that she's right and this is it and this is the end all be all list because anything and everything pretty much that i research before a podcast or before a blog post there are you know there's a lot of non-agreement so Take it for what it's worth, but according to anyway, Ms. Ackerman, the components of resilience include optimism, altruism, moral compass, faith and spirituality, humor, having a role model, social supports, facing fear, meaning or purpose in life, and training. So, what happens when you don't have resilience? When there's a lack of resilience, according to authors Karen Revitich and Andrew Shatt, who are the title, who are the authors of the Resilience Factor, when you lack resilience, the emotions that show up are anger, sadness, or depression, guilt, anxiety, fear, and embarrassment. So. Today, you could consider this podcast being training. So it's a component of resilience. You can consider this podcast to be training on how to deal with fear. And and I'm going to talk about another component of resilience in this podcast, which is facing fear. So you want to have a life where you're well-loved, happy, and healthy no matter what happens. And anything you can do to build resilience goes a long, long way, and I'm going to talk about some steps to take to deal with your fears and build resilience at the end of the podcast. So before I get into some examples of facing your fear and a little bit of a process, I want to touch base on the relationship between emotional intelligence and fear. So as I mentioned previously, I have two podcasts on emotions The first one being emotions as a superpower and the second one titled emotional intelligence harnessing Uh, your emotions. So emotions, in my opinion, are bar none without question, a superpower, superpower, like, you know, think hero. But the problem is we just don't know how to harness them. We don't know how to use them. So one of the components of emotional intelligence, which I'm not going to get into the whole bailiwick of emotional intelligence because I talked about it in the two previous podcasts. But one of the components, one of the five components of emotional intelligence is self-awareness. Kind of that's where everything starts. You have to become awake and aware to how you're feeling What's happening in life? What are you doing in life? And the more self-aware you are and the higher your emotional intelligence is, the better you can deal with fear. Why? Because fear is an emotion. So when you become more and more skilled in emotional intelligence, which just, by the way, emotional intelligence is simply how smart you are with your emotions the better you can deal with not only fear, but sadness, loneliness, anger, resentment, betrayal, because it's part of having emotional intelligence. You know, that's the ability to identify, manage and process your emotions. So without without question, any work you do to grow your emotional intelligence, to be able to harness your emotions as a superpower, that absolutely is going to help you deal with fear anxiety being afraid as well as the things like anger resentment betrayal and all that stuff so the the self awareness part when you're self aware and you really are working on your self awareness you can identify patterns in your life you can identify kind of your throne or natural way of how you react anticipate it and take actions to interrupt that so you don't get stuck so there's a tremendous benefit to growing your emotions in particular it would be helpful with fear being afraid anxiety and worry because here's the thing and I say this all the time you either have the ability to identify manage and control your emotions which most people don't or you're at the whim of your emotions and your emotions are running your life. And running the show. That's not what you want, in my opinion. I mean, you're welcome to do that. That seems to be pretty common. But I'm just a fan of like having like happiness and not letting your emotions like ruin your life or your day or your week or your year or whatever. Anyway, so that's kind of the relationship between emotional intelligence and fear. The more you grow your emotional abilities, your emotional intelligence, the better you're going to be able to deal with fear, anxiety, worry, and concern. So I'm going to walk you through a little bit of (laughs) what I call a little process on on really facing your fears. So first first off, you have to be able to name it and claim it. And sometimes fears worries, anxiety, or being, you know, things you're afraid of, sometimes they are residing in your unconscious or subconscious mind. So sometimes it's a little stealth, like you're upset, but you don't really recognize why you're upset. And then if you go to do the little bit of work, you realize, mm, it's because I'm afraid of this or that. So you have to be able to identify that it's a fear that you're afraid or that you've got some concerns or what you're worried about name it and then claim it now I'm gonna give you the general process that I use I know I I know I know people, but then I'm going to give you a specific example, really actually a very hard example from my life because what I'm understanding from the few people I've talked to that have actually listened to my podcast is that my real-life examples are really helpful. So I want the podcast to be extraordinarily helpful to you, so I'll just be bold and vulnerable and share an example. But the general gist of what you want to do, in my opinion – to face your fears or face your worries is to, well, first of all, you name it and claim it, but then you're going to imagine what's the worst thing that could happen. Like really imagine it, really feel the feelings and see how it unfolds. And you're going to repeat that process in your mind until you have a clear understanding that if the worst case happened, you would actually survive it. Like it might not be pretty and it might be very painful, but you would survive it. So that's the general process. So what does that look like in real life? Well, a number of years ago, someone very uh, dear to me, very close to me was not expected to live. They had been given a, a deeply, deeply grim prognosis with basically no chance of survival. And that was really hard. And it was kind of like in the background of this fear. And uh, eventually I realized, you know, I just really need to deal with this. I just need to deal with it. So having being familiar with the process, (laughs) I went through it. So this is what it looked like. So first of all, I imagined to myself, with myself, how distraught I would be, you know, when they passed, which of course meant that I was just sobbing sobbing my heart out and then I imagined what my life would be like without them and I sobbed and sobbed and sobbed and then I imagined you know the grief of losing them uh, even though this this person was still alive at the time and um, you know really imagined my life without them which you know I'm getting a little emotional here. Yeah, I would be devastated. So, but here's the thing, you know, with the crying and the imagining, you know, I certainly arrived at the end that if the worst happened, I, I would survive it. I wouldn't be happy, but I would survive it and I would be able to help the people who were also devastated survive it. So here's the thing. And by the way, they did not end up passing away, which is a miracle. But, um, so the ability to be with that horrible, horrible thought, you know, first of all, I know it it must sound terrible. If you're not familiar with this process, you must think, oh my God, this woman is definitely, you know, from Mars. No, I'm not from Mars, but I've had enough really bad stuff happen That a long time ago, I started learning how to deal with fear because fear is not a great place. It's no place to live. Fear, worry, and anxiety—no, no, no, no. no—they are not good for you, and they don't feel good. And I'm—I'm one of these people. I like to feel good. I like being happy. But anyway, so I went through this process, and you know, over and over again, until it was clear to me that if the worst case happened. While it would be brutal and really bad, like really, really bad, I would survive it and get through it. And that, all of that helped release the fear, the floodgate of fear and worrying and anxiety, so I could be, you know, in the present time, enjoy them, and live life. Now, it's not like the fear went away, like there's actually still some residual fear, because when people have had. know difficult health odysseys or journeys you know there's sometimes some residual fear but it doesn't run the show and then once I had gone through the process it was not a once and done or a twice and done thing I had to go through it a couple times oh it was terrible I still remember doing that but it was very helpful and it was very freeing and then I could write the story The positive story of it working out because I was, I had dealt with the fear. I had dealt with the worst case scenario. And of course, you know, death is the worst case scenario for some situations. But there's a thing that I talk about and. lots of my YouTube videos and and blog posts and and podcasts, which is called the self-fulfilling prophecy. This is why you want to deal with your fear. You want to deal with what you're afraid of. You want to deal with your worry and anxiety because there is this thing called the self-fulfilling prophecy and you want to use that to your good because the opposite corollary is the self-defeating prophecy where bad stuff happens because you're not, a, you're not using the self-fulfilling prophecy. So I went through this whole process really, you know, it's an emotional, emotionally grueling thing. If you're imagining the worst case and the worst case happens to be someone passing away. But it is, in my opinion, a very, very powerful process that helps you deal with fear and anxiety and and really bad fears. Now, I understand you might be thinking oh my gosh, this is so weird or it's stupid or it's whatever, but I'm talking about things that take advantage of psychology because when you don't deal with your fears, your anxiety, or your worries or being afraid, those emotions don't disappear. They don't evaporate. They don't just float away. They dam up. In your subconscious or unconscious mind so it's really important that you deal with your emotions particularly the negative ones because they will dam up and cause lots of problems as I talked about in my um, other pod, one of my other podcasts on emotions so I have used this process for a long time I've also even coached people on it and I know it's hard but it's interesting because you know, when you when you listen to some stories that you hear floating around, sometimes people end up with the worst case that they, you know, didn't want. Like, I know a woman whose worst, you know, thing was that she would die in a house fire. And unfortunately, that is tragically how she passed away. Or, you know, there's, there's lots of different examples where, you know, their worst fear comes true. So, if you don't want your worst fear to come true, then actually deal with it, deal with your emotions about it, deal with it mentally so that you can then put in place the self-fulfilling prophecy. So that's, that's for me personally, I believe it's the most powerful technique. I know it's hard, but it doesn't have to like, it's not going to ruin your life. Like not dealing with your fear could ruin your life. And to, to quote Winston Churchill, He has a famous quote that goes, let our advanced worrying become advanced thinking and planning. So, you know, using emotional pain to your advantage. Well, I have a whole podcast about that. So that's going to be helpful on this topic, too. I didn't think of that. All right. Next up is something that just makes me laugh. (laughs) And it's in this, it's appropriate for this topic. So I have to mention it so you could go Google it and watch it if you want to. I mean, you don't have to, but um, my kids and I, I became familiar with this video. So there's a Bob Newhart. Bob Newhart was a guy that some of you don't even know who he is, but it was an old TV show back in the day. I don't even know, maybe the seventies. I'm not sure when that show was on and that like the TV or the music Aficionado, but anyway, Bob Newhart has had a show, and there's a clip you can find on any you know search engine if you Google or search Bob Newhart. That's N E W H A R T, and the words "Stop it." <laughs> it's this little video. It's probably like maybe five or six minutes long <laughs> that um, I found quite quite hysterical quite funny and I showed it to my kids at the time they were young this was a long time ago uh, and they were laughing and, and we used that phrase stop it sometimes so if you want a little laugh on this subject which I know is not funny but that would be one thing I recommend it's I just find it like very humorous. so now I want to address the steps to overcome overpower, fear, worry, being afraid, and start building resilience. So some of these steps are going to be specific to helping you with fears and being afraid. And at the same time, will also build resilience. So number one, like anything else, you need to name it and claim it. You know, you have to be specific. What is it you're afraid of? What is it you're worried about? What is it you're fearful of? And not be ashamed just own it. Like it's okay to be afraid in life. I have lots of things actually I'm afraid of right now, but I just go live life in face, in, in the face of fears. And in spite of my fears, I have lots of actual real things I should be worried about that I, you know, I, I do all these steps. So I don't spend time cogitating on them and allowing them to ruin my life. So number one, name it and claim it. Don't be ashamed or embarrassed. Number two, I suggest you use the process that I just went through with that horrific example and imagine the worst case because I think if you do that, I mean, I've done that with people I work with, you know, they always figure out they're going to make it and sometimes they figure out, you know, it really wouldn't be that bad. I mean, in, in the example I gave you, yeah, it would be that bad, but of course that example didn't come to fruition because the person is still alive and doing well, by the way. So... I recommend you go through the process and number three in going through the process step number two what actions are there that you could take to address the worry the fears the being afraid are there any actions that you haven't done because sometimes when you worry or you're being afraid or fearful it's just like what Winston Churchill said you know, use your worrying for it to become advanced thinking and planning. So, what actions could you take? Make a list and start taking the actions because that's going to make a difference. If there's some action that you could take or some planning you could do that would interrupt the thing that you're afraid of, of course you want to get right on that. All right, that's three. Number four, always keep in mind the self-fulfilling prophecy because that's been that's a proven fact decades of proof for that and so I suggest while we're on the topic of fear worrying being afraid that you write out a beautiful outcome write out a beautiful story on paper be specific why not I don't know well I did do a podcast that's called rewrite your story because you can because I'm a fan of that I'm a fan of using psychology to your advantage And your mind can't distinguish between what actually happens sometimes and what you imagine. So imagine something great happening. That's not going to hurt you. Next, ditch any negative thinking. I know when you're feeling fearful or you're afraid, you've got anxiety and worry, negativity is running the show. That's clear. What's also clear from the research is that negative thinking is bad for you. It's bad for your health, it's bad for your mental health, it's bad for your physical health, and let's face it, it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good to be thinking about bad things. So negative thinking, by the way, if you're new to my podcast or my material, negative thinking includes overthinking, catastrophizing, excessive worrying, pessimism, and it's just got to go. Now there's lots of ways to become more positive. My materials will help you. There's tons of stuff on the internet, but you've got to make a commitment that negative thinking has to go. And while we're on the things, of things that have to go, the next step is number 6 is dis- ditch any disempowering attitudes and beliefs. Now many people don't know what I mean by that. Well, we have we all as human beings have attitudes and beliefs that We may not even be conscious to this is where emotional intelligence is really helpful because remember the first one of the first components is self-awareness. Well, in your self-awareness, you want to become aware of what are your attitudes and beliefs about life? What are your attitudes and beliefs about people? What are are your attitudes and beliefs? Period. Because some people have disempowering attitudes and beliefs. So examples of that would be, oh, I can't win. Or, oh, my life never works out. Or people are out to get me. You know, those that's three examples of disempowering attitudes and beliefs that some people, even some people listening to this podcast, have. And they do not serve you. They are not helpful. They are not good for you. I have two YouTube videos on this. One's about empowering attitudes and beliefs and one's about disempowering attitudes and beliefs. And this really is a stealth thing that most people aren't aware of till they start to grow their emotional abilities. And once you start becoming self-aware, then you start asking questions like, hmm, who am I? what are my values? What what am I up to? What am I doing in life? You know, what, 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 what? And all these things. So start listening to what you say in life. Start listening to what you say to other people. I know we talk and we don't even listen to ourselves. But then you want to start to sort out for yourself, what are your attitudes and beliefs? So I'll give you a couple examples of empowering attitudes and beliefs, which happened to be mine, by the way. Um, My life always turns out. I mean, I know my life doesn't look like it's going to turn out, but I'm telling you, my life always turns out. And things go my way. And things are going to work out. And people love me. And people will help me. I mean, these are empowering attitudes and beliefs. Of course, I also believe that 99% or a very high percentage of the people are good. (laughs) lots of people who don't agree with that but you know I believe life is good and people are generally good so disempowering attitudes and beliefs have to go because they're gonna shoot you in the foot and they take advantage of the self-defeating prophecy you don't want to you don't want that no 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 not for you next up grow your emotional abilities well hopefully that's becoming clear to you because you want to have you want to be like spider-man and have your webbing be, you know working. So that would be your emotions. I mean, why not commit yourself to having great emotional intelligence? I don't know why not. Because you just want to suffer? Well, you can do whatever you want. It's your life. But I am a fan of Eleanor Roosevelt's quote that says, do one thing that scares you every day. Well, maybe change scares you. And maybe changing the life that you always had scares you. That's okay. You can be scared or afraid or fearful of something and do it anyway. I mean, you can. You don't have to. And practice. I mean, I don't know. Just, you know, if you stop trying to be perfect and you started to accept yourself and, you know, like life would be different. It wouldn't be the same. So grow your emotional abilities as a superpower. Next, engage in self-care and self-compassion every day. I have a pod, one podcast on self-care and self-compassion, the two topics in one podcast. And I'm not only a super fan of self-care and self-compassion, the people I work with, it's not optional. I don't see how you can have a happy or healthy life without those two components. I just, I don't see it. In fact, I, I would be vehemently opposing in a debate someone who says oh yeah you can have a great life if you're not taking care of yourself and you're self you have no self-compassion no I don't I don't buy that at all so engage in self-care and self-compassion whole podcast about that to help you with that next plan uh, have a plan you are executing in your life because when we talk about having a happy and powerful life and you're dealing with fears there's nothing Well, there's lots of things that will help you, but one thing that's going to be extremely valuable and extremely helpful is to be up to something. Now, that could be having a life plan. It could be having a vision for your life. It could be being clear on your purpose in life. It could be having goals or a bucket list. It doesn't matter to me which of those things you have, as long as you have one, because what that can do, especially when you're anxious, especially when you're fearful or, you know, being afraid or depressed it can pull you forward because of course if you're designing a vision or a life plan or putting together a bucket list or goals hopefully you're going to be designing those goals vision bucket list plan or whatever to be something that you really love right that you'd be like ooh excited about yeah because of course if you're going to plan it it better be fun and you better be really inspired by it because otherwise what are you doing i don't know what you're doing but So you want to have something that will really pull you forward. And interestingly enough, this is something that builds resilience because one of the resilience factors or components that I listed off earlier is to have some purpose in your life. When people lose their purpose or their sense of purpose, it's really difficult. Like they really are lost. And that is one of the things that's happened in the pandemic is people have lost their employment. They've lost their normal way of life. So they're kind of stuck and, you know, unsure what to do. Plus we have all the fears and whatnot. So start putting together something. I mean, be up to something. I promise you, promise you, promise you. If you do this step, And really put some thought into it and really put your heart into it about something that you would love and make you really happy and excited. And then you go to work on that, you're going to watch things shift. Things will really shift, I'm telling you. All right, my next step in the process is to be present or be in the now. That's another area where people are not highly skilled in, and I have a short video about that, but that's basically... Like you're listening to this podcast right now and you're probably doing something else. You might be driving or you might be cooking or I don't know what, whatever you're doing something very likely, but just like listening to me and what I'm saying without judgment, without condemnation, without like whatever, just like be with me. Be with me in the moment, right here, right now, when you're present, when you're just with somebody, you know, a number one, it's really, it's fair. It's, it's the ultimate in coolness because I think, and this is my experience of it, like time stands still. Like you could be talking to somebody for, you know, an hour or two and it seems like 10 minutes because it's just like. You're both like, well, you're both in the moment. I don't know. Anyway, so be be here, be right now because you're not going to be cogitating about all these worries and concerns if you're right in the moment, right now, doing doing whatever it is you're doing. Next up is absolutely expand your friends, make new friends or get better friends if you need to. Why? Because this is a component for resilience is having support. And I know that making friends is hard. Trust me, I'm... I'm well aware of that. But that's also why I have, I don't know, a bunch of videos on my YouTube channel. I have a whole podcast about making friends. I have a blog post about making friends. Listen, I have no illusion that making friends is easy. I know it's hard. I know, I really do. And there's some things people do that make it harder. But you want to have friends in life because hopefully, hopefully if you're listening to this podcast, You'll go back and listen to the first one, which is be well loved because I want you to be well loved. Hopefully you want to be well loved. I'm praying that you are well loved and you feel well loved. And I'm also intimately aware that many people, even old people, don't feel well loved. And that's heartbreaking. So you want to be well loved. Friends can help you with that. Friends can help you have fun. Friends can help you in so many ways. So you want to have friends and that should be on your list unless you're one of the very fortunate people who has enough friends and has enough good friends. And if you have enough good friends, you have enough friends and they're good friends, pat yourself on the back. Most people don't. All right. So the next step here is to address if you have a, a condition of depression or anxiety or that's an ongoing issue for you then it's time to address it because it's not the thing that's gone away. If you're if you dealing with depression and anxiety before the pandemic, it's time to just deal with it because I'm sure your depression has increased, your anxiety has increased, and there's plenty of people who weren't struggling with depression or anxiety or being fearful or afraid prior to the pandemic who are now dealing with depression, anxiety, and being afraid. So I have a whole podcast about dealing with depression and anxiety, which I would highly recommend because if you were dealing with depression and anxiety prior to the pandemic, there should be no surprise. You're still going to be dealing with it, only it's exacerbated. It's increased like the pandemic threw gasoline on the fire for the people who were already struggling with depression and anxiety. And there are things you can do that will help you with that hint hint a lot of them have to do with dealing with your emotions and growing them as a superpower so my all of my podcasts will probably help you if you're struggling with depression or anxiety so the next suggestion is to start talking to people that are in your life of course these are going to be good people no bad people for you just the good nice people and start talking to people about your worries, about what you're afraid of, you know, about your fears or anything that you're concerned about, because number one, you can have, you know, support. I'm going to say sometimes when you talk to people and you share and you're vulnerable, if if you don't get validation or support now i'm i'm not saying people have to agree with how you feel because they feel differently but there's a difference where then someone can support you even if they they don't have the same reaction as you do so in other words if you're talking to someone in your friend group or family or wherever and they have low emotional abilities it's somewhat likely or possible that they might dismiss you they might be demeaning or they will not validate you because they if they have low emotional abilities or no emotional abilities they just can't go there they can't go there because they don't have the skill set so I firmly believe it's really helpful to talk to the people who are your confidants or your, your trusted people and But but if you're new to growing your emotions, you're going to really have to start paying attention because some people just can't go there and you don't want to be being vulnerable and sharing your emotions with people who are going to demean you or to be dismissive or otherwise not supporting. So then you might want to make a note, oh, well, I can't talk to so-and-so or so-and-so because they just they just can't deal with it. So you might have to talk to someone else and that also might mean that you know you might have to make a bunch of new friends but at any rate talking to people can also provide new new insights you can get new ideas you can get a new perspective so it's really a helpful tool to when you're dealing with fear or being afraid or worry or anxiety to start expressing that and you know, if you don't want to talk to people, then don't talk to people, but you could at least journal if you're not willing to talk to people. The next suggestion I have, I do talk about in the emotion, um, podcast on harnessing your emotions, which is counterbalance the negative. I don't know if there's actually some therapy name for that or what it's what I call it. I don't know what, if there's a name for it, really like a real name, but that's really what it says. Like you've got to put positive things in your life on purpose. You have to be intentional. You can counterbalance the negativity of almost anything. Trust me, because I've done it. I've I've done it for years, actually. Not 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 happy about that, but but you can intentionally put positive things in your life to counterbalance the negative. Next up, growth and development. So the access to love, the access to feeling better, the access to learning how to deal with your emotions so that they're a superpower, and all of the good stuff is under the category or umbrella of growth and development. That is the subject for all of my podcasts, all of my blog posts that fill a book, And all my youtube videos and it's all free so you want to get under this umbrella or get on the road of growth and development because it's amazing and it's fun listen you can make almost anything in life fun and i'm a fan of that i'm just like a fan of laughter and fun and play and all the good stuff so get on the road for growth and development next be a person of character and integrity why because it's going to help you feel better why because integrity is magical I have a I have a blog post about under that title and I have a YouTube video under that title and I actually have also a YouTube video about being a person of character integrity. Why is that the case? Well, not only is it going to help you feel better, but it is going to take away. What is this podcast on? Fears, worries, concerns, dealing with being afraid. What is one of the number one things that people get anxious and worried and fearful about? All the stuff they said they do, they would do, but they didn't do all the promises they made that they didn't keep there there are all kinds of things you want to minimize worry you want to minimize fear feeling afraid being afraid all that stuff then you've got to keep your promises. You've got to be a person of character and integrity because it's going to feel way better. And by the way, it'll help you make friends. People love people who have character and integrity. They don't want to be around the backstabbers and the gossipers and the users. I mean, you know, so it's going to help you. And also it is a component that builds resilience because if we, when I read that list off earlier on the components of resilience, Moral compass was one of the 10. So when you build resilient or when you build character and integrity in your life You're building your moral compass and that helps you be more resilient and in my opinion This is again not optional. You want to have a happy healthy life where you're well loved You know doing bad stuff to people doesn't cut it. It's not it's not, not only is it not okay. It's gonna cut you off from the, the good stuff in life. So be a person of character and integrity. And if you're not, then you need to get to work because you can build integrity. You can; These are all muscles you can build. Next suggestion is, <laughs> which I love, <laughs> is to bring humor in your life and lighten up. I know life is hard, right? We're in a pandemic, so you, there's no question. Life is hard. But life was hard before the pandemic. Maybe not for you, but for too many people, too, too, too many people. So can you, can you laugh at yourself? Well, I have a YouTube video about that because I am, I am frequently laughing at myself, even though I live alone and sometimes people aren't here, I'm, I'm doing stuff and chuckling about it. Like lighten up, bring humor into your life, lighten up. And when you do the emotional work that I've been talking about, to grow your emotional abilities, guess what? You're probably fine. Life is a lot lighter, and you don't have to be so serious because you don't have to try to pretend to be perfect. You know, like you can be authentic and real. When you can be authentic and real, life really opens up. All right, so that's bring humor and light in your life and lighten up. Next, help others or volunteer. Now, you may not be in a position to help others or volunteer, but... I've done a lot of math on the amount of time when everybody has 24 hours in a day and if even if you're a workaholic and work 60 hours a week, blah, 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 you are still going to have time to kill. Even when you take out grocery shopping and cooking and whatnot, you're still going to have time. So you might not be one of those people who's inclined to volunteer or inclined to help other people, but what people who have high emotional intelligence know, what they know is that They get an instant boost from helping other people and contributing to others. It's a great strategy or tactic to boost your good feelings. I also happen to believe it's just like one way to live life that I'm, I'm a huge fan of. And the other benefit is it takes your mind off of your own worries and your own problems. Like there's plenty of benefits. Next up is to be grateful. To be grateful in life. Now, right now, I understand we're in a pandemic that has been dragging on and on, and there's lots of uncertainty in the world. I just did a podcast about the you know dealing with uncertainty. But you can grow and build your muscles for gratitude. You can. Now I've worked with enough people to know that if you're not somebody who's prone to optimism and you're not prone to thinking on the good of life, on the the positive side, this is going to be a little bit challenging. So then you make a gratitude list for the morning and for the night. What can you be grateful for? And you read your list. Now, I have a whole podcast on gratitude, so you can listen to that. But the mental and health benefits for being grateful are overwhelming. They're just overwhelming. And it feels better to be grateful. And you want to practice gratitude until it becomes a natural expression of who you are. Like it's just a natural expression of you and who you are. Now, while gratitude was not specifically listed on the components of resilience that I read off earlier, it is an aspect of optimism. So it's kind of actually on the list. So definitely if you're not someone who walks around life being grateful, this would be a great muscle to grow to help you for the rest of your life, build resilience and feel better next uh this is step number 20 i know i actually do these things people okay because they work you want to have a happy empowered life you want to be healthy you want to be well loved and when life is really hard these are the things you do so implement a personal reward or motivation system i know i have a whole podcast about you know being motivated when when times are difficult but a personal reward system, hey, they're really fun because you're you're designing it. So you're you know, like you get to design your life, your your all kinds of things. So make them fun, make them make them like, woo! I can't wait. Like I actually just added a reward yesterday. It was yesterday or the day before to my reward list, and I'm super excited. Now it's a reward that involves someone else, so I have to wait. But I'm extremely excited. Can't wait. Now. I have a bunch of rewards that I've earned that I haven't taken because I'll just like bank them and throw them in the bank and I'll take them whenever. But it's really a powerful process that can help you because what are we talking about right here? I'm talking about change. I'm talking about you changing either your attitudes and beliefs or the way you live life or I'm talking about you changing habits, you know, practices. And change is hard. You know, people don't like change. So you want to fully support yourself so that change you know, happens and it's not painful. Life, life is painful enough. Don't make life more painful. My podcasts are all designed to help you have life be less painful, not more. So have a reward system. You can listen to the podcast on motivation, which will give you the lowdown and the skivvy on how you go through and design a reward system. And I definitely want to take a friend along the ride because, with you and and be doing this stuff too because it's going to help them and it's going to help you be more successful. The next suggestion is, you know, if you, if you need therapy, go get therapy. Like there doesn't need to be shame or embarrassment. If you need therapy, just go get it. Like the, the most unhealthy people in the world, according to the research will never go to therapy. Why? Because they're not, they're not willing to have their life be looked at under a microscope. You want to be living a life that you can shine a light on and people go, yeah, that's, that's the way you do it. Yeah. Yeah. So don't be afraid if you need therapy, don't be, don't be embarrassed because in my opinion, you know, it's part of the human condition that people need help. I'm just not a fan of like, you've got to do life all by yourself and you can't ask for help and blah, blah, blah. So, if you need therapy go get it. And lastly, this whole podcast and this whole topic, you know, dealing with your fears and being afraid and dealing with worry, this is a muscle. This is a skill set that you can absolutely build if you if you wanted to. It's a skill set you can learn if you wanted to. I mean, you could learn anything new that you wanted to. The question is, are you willing? You know, I don't know whether you're willing or not you're the only one who can who can answer that question but it's absolutely just like learning your emotions and how to deal with your emotions to be a superpower anything that I talk about are things that people can learn so I want to leave you with a quote before I give you takeaways so this is a quote that I love happy is the man who has broken the chains which hurt the mind and has given up worry once and for all. Now that's Ovid. All right, so here's your takeaways. It's normal and reasonable to have fears. It's just part of life. You, know, you don't want to have yourself, be making yourself wrong if you're having fears or being fearful. It's part of being human. Like It's just part of the human condition. Takeaway number two, it's what you do with your worry and fears and anxiety and how you handle it that will make a difference in life and will direct what actions you need to take. And number three, the more you go to work on growing your emotional abilities to be a superpower, the easier it's gonna be for you to deal with fear, being afraid, worry, and anxiety, and the happier you're gonna be, period. That's just a fact. There's no question about that. So here's my call to action. It's time for you to get out of dealing, being afraid, being fearful, being worried, and all that stuff. And it's time to grow your emotional intelligence, because that's gonna help you. And it's time to figure out who in your life could go with you. Who would be a perfect partner in crime or a buddy or friend or, you know, and maybe it's somebody you don't even know, but take somebody with you. And lastly, if you found any value in this podcast, I'm asking you to share it with other people because people need help right now. They need help and they have no idea what to do. They have no idea where to turn. They are simply lost and need help. So by sharing this podcast, you are in effect, taking the action to try to help your fellow human beings. Okay, that's it. Thank you. Take care. I'm Lisa Lundy saying thank you for listening to my Love Life podcast, episode number 24, Dealing with Fears and Being Afraid. I hope you're going to take on learning new skills, new habits, new practices, And maybe new attitudes and beliefs so that fear anxiety and worry doesn't run your life please connect with me at my website at www.lisaalundy.com to win some cool prizes including my new book and if this podcast was of any value you might want to go ahead and hit the subscribe button so that you get the latest as they come out and there's lots coming Thank you. I love you. I appreciate you. Hang in there. Take care for now.